You're listening to Nicholas Acosta, host of the podcast Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Nick sits down with guests to talk about real estate and how it works. Enjoy the episode. Good morning, everybody. This is Nicholas Acosta, host of the podcast, Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast, coming to you live from downtown Orlando, Florida. I am a licensed Florida realtor with EXP Realty uh, here in Florida, and uh, just so great to be back on the podcasting uh, platform. I took a, uh, what is it, I guess like a two-week break to study for the broker's exam, and uh, now I come back to you as a broker associate with EXP. And uh, uh, great things coming and great things coming to the show. Uh, today, I have uh, another amazing guest, as always, uh, Jamie with Blanchard Insurance. Uh, we're going to talk about in, and some insurance options out there for homeowners and potential or future homeowners. Uh, Jamie, uh, welcome to the show and great that you grateful that you accepted my invitation. Thank you for having me, Nick. It's a pleasure to be back and excited to talk about some insurance today. It's awesome. So, yeah. So, Jamie, uh, let's. I'm going to go ahead and put your guys' information up on the screen here. If you guys need to get in touch with Jamie, uh, you can reach her at 407-788-8640, Blanchard Insurance or BlanchardInsurance.com. So, yeah, Jamie, what's what's going on like with insurance these days in homes, and and what are the options that are out there for you know current owners and also potential future owners of homes? So the Florida market is very volatile right now with insurance. So I hate to lead with something, you know, negative, but we're, we're going to call it educational. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, as a lot of the listeners probably know, the, the current, your current existing policies, you're going to be seeing some rate increases over the next couple of years. And this is all due to claims and hail damage on roofs um, and, you know, just a lot of claims. So the state of Florida has had from South Florida to North Florida, east to west, um, roofers and claims, assignment of benefits where homeowners are signing away uh, their rights to get their their roofs uh, replaced. And that has caused major rate increases. So on the renewal side, the premium increases are definitely a lot higher than what you're used to. And we've been on some calls this week about the Florida market and the financial status of the homeowners carriers in Florida. And you're going to be seeing this trend for the next three years, unfortunately. So that's what's happening with the existing market and, um, and renewals. On new home purchases, the premiums are going to be higher than what you would normally expect, but it's all going to be based really on the roofs. So the newer the roof, the better. So if you're shopping for a home and that's what you really need to be looking for is the age of the roof. Um, just because it has a 30-year shingle doesn't mean it's good for 30 years. Carriers are wanting 15 years and newer in most cases, sometimes 10. So um, upkeep of the house you know, updated HVAC systems, water heaters, and the roofs are really the main um, sources that they're looking at to price the homes with the premiums. Now, question for you. I was thinking of this while you were listening to you about um, what you were just talking about. And my thought question, you mentioned the HVAC uh, air conditioning systems. 
Uh, I think we talked about this once before offline a while ago. Um, but the question I have for you is what, like if you're getting a home inspection and I, let's say we find out that the air conditioner is like say eight years old and some people will say, well, an inspector might say you're eight, eight, they took, you know, they, the owner of the current owner of the house maintained the air conditioning, the HVAC system really well. They did annual inspections, annual maintenance repairs or whatever. Um, what is the, like, is there a cutoff um, for those listening out there or, or watching today? Is there like a limit on how old the HVAC system has to be in order to be, you know, insured or anything like that? That's a great question. It's typically 20 years. So that gives everybody a little leeway with the HVAC system. Um, and it's, you know, it's 20 years on that and 20 years on water heaters. And especially if, or 15, it's been changed recently to 15 years in most cases. So we're, we're going to stick with the 15 years on water heaters. The problem with that is that if the water heater is in a living area and that water heater leaks or busts, that is a major water situation. And that's a major water claim. So that's um, what you want to be looking at on the HVAC and on the water heaters. And both of those have to do with water and leaks. And that's the big majority of the claims that the homeowners companies are seeing is roofs, water. Um, it's all big ticket items to replace. All right. So in, for insurance, what, anybody listening out there, and so we talked about the HVAC and you're talking about the roofs. What is the uh, the life of the roof requirement for an insurance policy out there? Because a lot of people are, you know, people will tell them, maybe inspector will say, yeah, you've got, your roof is fine. It's not leaking. There's no evidence of a, a past leak. You should be fine. What is the insurance world? What is the requirement on the age of the roof? Right. So that that is a very hard conversation, um, especially for listing agents to talk to sellers about possible issues coming up with their home or trying to, you know, proact on any, you know, credits or issues that come up, you know, during the process, which is why we say check the insurance issues, check the insurance early in the contract, right at that inspection period. So everybody can work together before you're in that high negotiation, you know, portion of it. So the roofs, even though it's a 30-year shingle, we all know that the sun and the, the rain and the storms beat down on the roofs in Florida. Carriers want 15 years and newer, a lot of them in central Florida right now, because this is the highest claim area in the state at this moment with roofs, is 10 years and newer. So try explaining to a seller why they need a 10-year and newer roof, right? when their roof is in good condition with new leaks. And it all has to do with being able to write the insurance at this point. So that's really the challenge that we see. Um, and once again, that's because of the claims, the free roof signs that you see everywhere. Um, and it's attorney multipliers when the claim gets to court. So all of that goes into play with the amount of the, that the claim is and the responsibility that the carrier has to pay that out. And there's only so much money in that fund for a lot of these companies. And that's why we're seeing these tremendous rate increases right now. Oh, no, I believe it. And I was, before I was in real estate, uh, I think we talked about this, Jamie. I, I, I did, I was an insurance adjuster, a personal injury adjuster for progressive insurance for 20 years. I still have my license active, which is cool. Um, but I haven't obviously got into, I haven't practiced in a long time, but or worked for an insurance in a long time. But 
So I remember, uh, you know, like, so my next caveat into this is, so you guys do home insurance and you were mentioning before we got on, on the show today, do you also offer like packages or, or plans where, you know, they can get home insurance or condo insurance and also auto insurance? You of guys? course. Yeah. Um, a lot of companies uh, or a couple companies we work with will bundle. So everybody loves the word bundle. It means, you know, in, you, you know, mentally you're kind of thinking instant savings. Right. Um, but we kind of consider a bundle with our agency. We're the one agent who's going to be servicing that home and auto, recreational vehicle, your jewelry insurance. You know, it goes on and on with all the products. Um, flood insurance is a big, a big item these days. We're seeing a lot of people purchase flood insurance. Um, it's that time of year. It's Florida. We're all in a flood zone. So we do have packages for everybody to, if they want to work with um, our same agency to manage all of your insurance lines. That's home, auto, flood, uh, any extra recreational vehicles. There's a lot of boats and campers right now because of COVID. People are wanting to get out and social distance. So we're getting a lot of calls about um, boats and campers, RVs, um, ATVs. People have found their their outside spirits and and gotten outside to do things. <laughs> so um, we offer a, a wide variety of products and it's all at the limits to protect you from um, whatever assets you have that you know you need to have insurance to protect you know everything that you have. So um, it's great conversations and just give us a call and we'll we'll kind of go over what you have now and work our way up. Maybe if you are at the lower coverage right now, work our way up with a plan to get you to some of the more uh, max limits on the auto especially we see that a lot and you probably saw that with the adjusting side there's you know 10 20 10 as the florida minimal limits there's not a car on this road you know a brand new car for that for ten thousand dollars right now so you need to you know be reassessing that i think if you're at the minimal limits for sure and we can just work up a plan to start getting your limits up a little bit so we have Melissa on here. She's asking me, how does it work? She was talking about the jewelry coverage. What can you explain to her and anybody listening out there what that means to them? So we definitely recommend, I mean, jewelry is covered to a certain extent on your homeowner's policy, but there are some exclusions with doing it like that. So we recommend a separate jewelry policy, and then you would need an appraisal for that item. So if you have a diamond ring, um, we would need an appraisal. It's really simple. It's very reasonable coverage and definitely worth it. Um, so we have a, a couple different uh, markets that we use for the jewelry. And the feedback has been great when it comes to um, anything stolen, disappeared, burned in a fire, um, things like that. So it's pretty simple. Just an appraisal for the item in that case. All right. So I was thinking about this next question. Like, So uh, we talked about in pre-show that... We live in a, I live in a condo, uh, Lee and I live in the condo downtown in Viola Lake Yola. We're on the eighth floor. Obviously we don't have to carry like flood insurance in terms of like, you know, we got a lake across the street, you know, in terms of water rising and what kind of coverage, like I mentioned too, we have, obviously we have plumbing because we have a toilet, we have a shower and there's pipes that go through the, you know, the walls and all that granite is concrete, but what kind of insurance would like, Lee and I need in here in terms of like if one of those like say the, say the pipe burst for instance because we have a main line with a valve that shuts off for the main line of our unit so what would what would we need in terms of if anybody living in a condo in that same situation 
Right. So condo insurance is a little bit different than home as it's just covering the drywall in. So you're talking about drywall, baseboards, flooring, and the interior of the condo. So that value, we, we do have a replacement cost estimator for condos. We kind of run that, see what the address, square footage, um, the quality grade, whether or not it's economy or, you know, custom. Um, and we run that and kind of get a number and if it's 50, 60, $70,000, $100,000, you know, if it's a penthouse, $150,000, whatever it is. And, you know, the premium is run on that amount. So what you have to be careful of is in a condo is just what you said. It's the pipes busting, the floors, the adjacent units, because at that point, other people are affected. Right. Um, or it's the neighbor who's out of town and the toilet leaks through the wall somehow and comes into your condo. So you want to make sure that that you're covered, even when people who have paid off condos and they don't have a mortgage, it's still really important to have that coverage because you have no idea what's happening in the units around you. Now, on the flood with the condos, you mentioned you know, the eighth floor. If that building was in a flood zone, even the eighth floor, the 30th floor, and you had a mortgage, you would still be required to have flood insurance. So that is something that people don't uh, really recognize, you know, sometimes, but on the beach side, um, anything on the coast, South Florida, we do run into a lot of condo buildings that are in a flood zone. And if there is a mortgage on that property, no matter what the floor, they need flood insurance as well. I wonder if, so I knew obviously, like we mentioned, I was gonna send you my deck page of the current policy. I'll have, have you look over to make sure that I'm well covered because I've, I, I don't personally have a mortgage on it. It's the condos paid in full, but I'm always, my late father was the type of person that was make sure he always had his assets bases covered. And that's how I run my life as well too. I want to make sure that I'm protected, especially being in a condo because we have, you know, natural gas that comes in here to power our, you know, our stove and our ovens. Um, we have a gas line that goes through the building. Um, so would you say like, do you think that maybe, I mean, obviously we'd have to look at my policy. That's that's a good point you brought up about the condos because I have seen before, like, uh, let's just, for instance, I'm in, since I'm in real estate and I'll see listings that are in like a coastal area, for instance, that you're talking about, and it'll say no flood insurance required. I'll put the X or whatever in the MLS. And that's a good thing that you brought that up because I've always been kind of leery about that. I'm like, well, what happens if there's a like a storm surge and the first levels of the building were to get engulfed in water? Um, and, you know, it affects, obviously, the electrical because, you know, it can cause an electrical short to the entire building. Um, if like the generators or, or whatever are affect or, in, you know, covered in water. So would somebody like in, I mean, obviously, you're going to have to look into my address, but I mean, like, so I'm across from Lake Eola, eighth floor and the view at Lake Eola. Is that something that a condo like this with a lake across the street would need to carry condo or flood insurance or no? You know, flood mapping is, is changing. I mean, so right. that's one thing. So we could have, you know, honestly, a whole conversation just on flood and flood mapping with FEMA. Um, they FEMA is going constantly, you know, through the state over the years and changing their flood map zone. So maybe your building was not in a flood zone, I don't know, 10 years ago, right. and maybe it is today as those flood maps change. So they're, they're slow at changing them, but there have been situations to where, you know, somebody might be living in their condo for 10 years and all of a sudden it's in a flood zone. And if they have a mortgage on it, they're going to be required to get flood insurance no matter what floor they're on. And that's the same even with a house. 
that we run into that a lot on the beach side where, you know, they've, um, it's kind of funny with the flood zones on the beach too, because they come in. So right. a lot of times the flood zone is more inland than it is coastal. It's kind of going over, it's, it's, it's missing some blocks <laughs> and it's swerving in. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see the new flood map changes. Uh, there was one instance years ago, I remember in Citrus County, homos, the Homosassa area, it's very low over there, very swampy. And uh, people had lived there 25, 30 years in their homes and the flood maps changed the elevations were so low that the flood insurance was more than their mortgage every month. And that created a lot of foreclosures and people to have to leave their homes. So in some areas it is going to create you know, some issues, but just make sure your clients do know, um, you know, not to deter them obviously, but everybody is in a flood zone in Florida because it's all low. We're on a peninsula. Everybody has the risk of flood. So if you're not in a flood zone, Flood insurance is very inexpensive, three, four hundred dollars a year. As you start reaching the the different flood zones, that increases obviously. But you want to check it in the beginning. You can do private flood quotes without an elevation certificate, so you can get some idea in the beginning of the process if it's in a flood zone what the insurance is going to be. And then when you get the elevation certificate, we can look at the National Flood Insurance Program the government backed, you know, FEMA National Flood Insurance Program for rates at that point. But you know, you don't get the elevation certificate to the last second with the survey from the title company. <laughs> right, right. So, so there are ways around it. You just need a partner that's going to kind of navigate you. Um, but definitely check the flood zone in the very beginning because it can be a make or break it for the for the property for sure. And it's possible too that the carrier that I'm currently have a policy with me of omitted it because I didn't have a mortgage on the condo and that's why they didn't opt for and that didn't opt me in for flood insurance for this building because I don't have a mortgage. But I, I would think that, you know, if, I mean, we have a lake obviously across the street, we're in Florida. I don't care if we have Hills that they mm -hmm. were just talking. I don't know if you heard, like, I think in the, it's called uh, Gotha area, like near Windermere, Florida, um, they were like residents there. I saw on the news a little few weeks back that they were concerned about the lakes and about having the proper drainage of the lakes because with a, you know, being rainy season right now, and we've been having significant rainfall and obviously we'll probably still have some more rainfall coming, but they were worried that the, if the, you know, if the, the lakes were not managed correctly, that the water would come, you know, the water table would go over the, the banks of the lake and then would flood into their houses. And my, just because we're on Lake Eola across the street and I'm on the eighth floor of the high rise, you know, if we had enough significant rainfall from a, I don't know, tropical storm or a tropical depression mm -hmm. that I would think that Lake Eola could come over. It's, uh, you never know. Uh, it, it just banks. depends on the elevation of the building, honestly. I mean, and you know, a lot of the buildings they've, they've built up, you know, so it's not a problem, but like I said, with the flood map changes and the lakes, the lakes are a big, um, the lakes are a big problem when it comes to drainage, just like, you know, they go in and build subdivisions and don't really get the, they're not going to take responsibility for that. If something right. happens, you know, and water starts flooding people's homes. The other thing that kind of goes along with this is a coverage called water backup on your policy, on your home policy. Mm. So this has to do with the septic, um, overflowing or backing up. Well, when is that going to happen when there's a lot of rainfall or there's some sort of issue? 
with the with the ground and right. the septic is going to back up. So you don't want the septic water backing up through your toilets and flooding your house and then not having coverage for that. So it's typically $100 to add this coverage to the policy to cover yourself. So not only is there flood to help you, but there's additional coverages like that that should be standard on policies. Um, but if it's not explained correctly, people don't typically you know, opt for that. We present a quote with the water backup on there. We present a flood quote, whether you're in a flood zone or not. And then that way we know that we've done our job, we've explained it. And then it's up to the client whether or not they want to accept that, you know, coverage at that point. So no, that's a good topic to bring up because I'm showing real estate here in the Orlando area. Like I've gone to areas like Belle Isle and Edgewood and those areas, there's a lot of houses, like even new construction that I could, I remember going in the backyard and I could see we had some kind of like sensor or pump system for the, for the, uh, what we were talking about, the septic tank. So a lot of houses that are built in the in the Orange County area, like you know, outside of the city limits, they do have septic tanks, and that's good information for everyone listening and watching out there today. And also, realtors out there, your clients, you know, if you have a question, reach out to Jamie over at Blanchard Insurance and ask them, like, hey, by the way, my client's house that they want to buy has a septic tank. You know, what are their options? Because we know that things can happen. These septic tanks can back up and then it'd be really messy and uh, and you need help. You need to have <laughs> cover backed up and or like because I guess they're like their yard could flood or the exterior of their house could flood from the septic mm -hmm. tank up and uh, it's a messy situation, but that's a good point. And I think, yeah, this this has been a great, definitely a great conversation because um, there's so many things that I just learned today and about like the septic thing and we're in Florida and especially, uh, you know, I, I think that there needs to be more, I guess, education on for real estate agents out there about the whole condo thing and that, you know, automatically putting an X in the MLS for a flood zone um, just because we're on the eighth floor or on the 35th floor and a modern building. Um, does not mean like Jamie's saying does not mean that you're not going to have an issue because if you're near a body of water, whether it be a lake or a river, or, um, I think I like I said, like you guys, you guys have an office. I saw that you have an office on your website in St. Pete. That's where I'm from. I'm a St. Pete native. And we have a lot of condos down in St. Pete, uh, like, you know, signature place, one St. Pete that are, you know, waterfront. And I think a lot of people assume that, okay, I'm on the 30th floor that I don't need flood insurance. Right. Uh, and then, but we, that's, we all know that there's the intercoastal and there's the Tampa Bay. And if there's a big enough storm surge that that water could come up or that water table can come up and flood the ground level of that building. Um, I guess what happens, like, just to put it in perspective, like if there is a flood, like say for instance, Lake Eola, right? Let's just say an example. Um, we have the lake across the street. I'm on the floor. And obviously, the you know, I'll tell you right now that I feel like I'm not a, uh, uh, what do you call it? I, I don't like evaluate the land or uh, what is it called? <laughs> surveyor. I'm not a surveyor. Not by any means. I'm not a licensed surveyor. not an appraiser. So I'm not saying that. All right. Just from my own uh, observation as a person, and you go on the sidewalk of the first floor of the, you know, like where the lobby is. Um, on the ground floor, and we do have steps that come up. 
So does it make it that we have steps to come up? Does that uh, indicate that we're not a flood zone because there are like, I think six or seven steps to walk up to the door? Or it probably just indicates that they have built the property up some, you okay. know, to be careful. Um, or, you know, maybe depending on maybe whatever that, that flood zone is. I mean, if it's in a flood zone, it's in a flood zone. Um, they're probably just may, maybe making more of that stem wall and, and something underneath to, to build it up a little higher, which is great for you. Right. Um, the other thing that people don't realize sometimes with condos is the association has a master policy, right? So they're covering the exterior of the condo for anything that could happen. Your insurance is covering the interior with anything that can happen. Right. There's going to be some gray area there too. So don't assume that they're going to to always, you know, be covering what you think they're going to be covering. Um, they're just talking just the exterior. They're they're replacing the roof, the exterior walls, um, you know, that sort of thing. Now, if the realtor wants to go a little above and beyond for their client, they'll contact the association and get that wind mitigation form so we can see what kind of roof it has. And like you said, you had the hurricane impact windows, all of that you know, can create some additional credits too, if the building has those extra, you know, features. So, you know, having a relationship with the condos that you're working with to sell and to show to your clients and having some access to those documents definitely helps on the insurance side too. And it helps us explain to the client, you know, what they're, you know, ultimately responsible for. And you want to know that their master policy for the condo is in place and active. Because that has happened before, too, where some condo associations haven't kept their policies active and then there's issues later on. So don't be afraid to ask your condo association, you know, for a copy of their most recent deck page and a copy of the wind mitigation form to make sure that you're getting the accurate credits on your on your policy. No, I, I like that a lot because as me in, in real estate, as a real estate broker associate and anybody else that's a sales associate, broker associate out there. Um, remember, ultimately, everyone listening today is ultimate. Your ultimate job as uh, representing your buyer or your seller is um, to look out for them, protect them, and um, like Jamie's mentioning, don't be afraid to ask the HOA, the condo board, or, or the, the uh, condo, like the property management office, for those information. Like she said, the the policy information or the deck page is it in force? What does it cover? And things like that. Because we have, just for example, I'll just meant to throw it out there. Like we, we're a thirty-five story tower. I've got the opportunity once before from one of the, I guess, penthouses on the thirty-fifth floor that was available for sale. I got a tour of it, and it has like a, what do you call it, like a hatch, so to speak, with a stairwell that goes like a spiral staircase and a hatch. I got to go on the roof, and it was really windy up there. You can see the entire, all the way to Disney World and Universal from the wow. top of the building. Um, but uh, we, for example, let's just say we have um, anchors because they have to clean the windows. And I know that they said they're they're filing a, a claim from, you know, like 2017 with Hurricane Irma or whatever it was, uh, that hurricane back then. So that's why it's important. To, but I like I know personally, because I've asked that our condo association has their policy and it's enforced. Um, but there are things that come up and that's why you need to, you know, make sure that they have a policy in force in case something were to happen like 2017, if there's damage on the roof because of the, of a hurricane, um, you want to make sure that you're, they, they don't, it doesn't fall on you as an individual unit owner and that you're protected. Or if for instance, you were in the common areas where the elevator is, or like 
the new territory we're in right now, like we're all wearing, and as you already probably know, Jamie, that we're wearing masks in our common area because nobody wants to be liable for anybody trying to transmit a virus or anything like that. And so we're, you know, three to an elevator, six feet social distancing. We get on the elevator, uh, even when we're wearing masks, it's recommended. They can't enforce it, but they're recommending. And people are following the rules here really well. We're doing a really good job in this building where, you know, maybe one person looks in one corner, the other person in the other corner, the door, so nobody gets their, you know, the the particles or the, the, the virus to be spread to somebody or get on their face and go down in your mouth and your nose. We're, do, you know, doing a really good job here. And I commend this building. They're doing amazing work with that. So I know that also ties into insurance as well because they obviously have a policy and they want to make sure that everyone's safe ultimately, but also protecting, you know, the insurance policy and make sure people are not, you know, uh, what is it, diligent, or they want to be diligent about keeping people safe and not exposing anybody to, you know, a risk of a virus. Or even if you fall or you trip on the terrazzo floors or yes. things like that. So. Right. And not only that, but you bring up the the pandemic and we write a lot of commercial insurance here as well. And um, small to medium sized businesses, mostly um, commercial auto fleets, um, things like that. But the obviously right after the covid, we got a lot of calls from small business owners on um, if the pandemic was covered in their commercial policies. And that has not been litigated yet, I'll say, um, to have coverage on anything in regards to a pandemic. So a lot of business owners, if there were some sort of claim related to a pandemic, it has not been proven that those are going to be paid out yet. There is nothing in the policies. There's no verbiage for it. Now, this may change over the years now that this issue has been you know, brought up, but the building is probably being you know, more careful because the coverage is probably not in their policy if something were to happen. So they're going to be liable for that. So they want to cover their bases. Um, but like the loss of business use for some of the businesses, um, as far as I know, that language is not in the majority of, of any, any policy right now. So this is all new territory for insurance. And you're going to see a lot of headlines and a lot of, um, a lot of news, you know, articles on that because it is something new. No, I agree. So we have like about 30 seconds left. Uh, before we, I always like to ask my guests, Jamie, like I know insurance is your passion and you love to do insurance and like real estate is mine. What are like a personal passion or personal hobby of yours that you like to do the most like um, in your in your life? I love my animals. I know like your dogs. <laughs> Right. I have two dogs and a mini pig at home and they are wonderful and um, we have a little farm and a, a lot of kids and um, I think my passion these days is as my kids are growing up and they're, they're teenagers, my animals definitely bring the most joy. So I would say that's my passion right here at the moment. Awesome. And again, thank you again, Jamie, for being on the show today and uh, I look forward to many other opportunities here and uh, you this is great information that everybody got today. And then I learned a lot from it and, uh, uh, yeah, just stay safe out there and, um, thank you again. And thank just, you. You're welcome.
We'll try to keep it interesting. Insurance can get boring, so we'll, we'll give it that. But oh, no, uh, I know. we'll try to keep it educational and interesting on in short short spurts. No, no, definitely. It was definitely interesting today talking about this stuff because there's a lot of new things, especially with the COVID thing and our new uncharted territory in the world. Um, Jamie can be reached at 407-788-8640 with Blanchard Insurance or BlanchardInsurance.com. And is that the only place is the best way to get you? Yeah, or my name and uh, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at BlanchardInsurance.com if you want to email me. Okay, awesome. And uh, all right, so everybody, this has been Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast coming to you live from downtown Orlando, Florida on the eighth floor of the View of Lake Yola. I uh, just want to say thank you for joining in and being patient with me coming back onto the platform of StreamYard to bring you these podcasts daily. And uh, I'm looking, I'm very excited. And today coming up at, it was going to be at one o'clock, but actually it's going to be at noon, 12 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to be interviewing Cliff Long, the uh, president of Orlando Realtor, uh, Orlando Regional Realtor Association here in Orlando, Florida, uh, to talk about what they offer to their members and uh, what the benefits are to be part of that association. Um, anyways, so uh, thank you again, uh, Jamie. Have a great day. Everyone stay safe out there and be kind and loving to everyone. I'm going to roll the credits here. And uh, all right, Jamie, have a good day. Okay. Thank you. You too. All right, guys. This has been Home to All. I'll see you guys here at noon in about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And uh, have a great day, everyone. This has been Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Check out Nick's Facebook and Instagram page, Home to All 101, and his website, www.downtown.expert. Thanks for listening.